turn your Bible this morning to the book of Joshua. We'll be in Joshua chapter number 7. Joshua chapter number 7. And while you're turning there, I failed to mention uh, that starting this Saturday, uh, bus meeting will be at 9 o'clock and the Acts 2020 Club will be at 9.30. So if you're involved in those ministries, please take note of that. And I'll remind you again in the next service, but 9 and 9.30. Uh, Joshua chapter number 7. And we're going to read the first five verses of Joshua chapter number 7. And the message today, I want us to take uh, heed uh, to the warning in Scripture. And I believe it will help us if we do so. Joshua chapter number 7, begin reading with verse number 1. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmah, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside beth on the east side of Bethel, and, spoke, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. The men went up and viewed Ai. <clears throat> and they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. So there went up thither of the people about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai, and the men of Ai smote of them about 30 and 6 men. So they chased them from before the gate, even unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Now here we have a defeat uh, by the, of the children of Israel at the battle of Ai, coming off of a great, great victory as they are possessing, conquering the land that God has given them. But I want us to take this passage of Scripture this morning. I want to preach a message I've entitled, A Recipe for Spiritual Disaster. A Recipe for Spiritual Disaster. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray uh, that you'll help us this morning as we look into the Word of God. Uh, Father, already we've been blessed by the music, the fellowship. Uh, just through as we step on this property, we pull in the property, we're reminded of your goodness to us. Father, I pray that we will listen to the Spirit of God this morning. We would heed uh, the Scripture and the warnings uh, that we find in our text this morning. And may we uh, guard ourselves so that we do not uh, encounter spiritual disaster. I pray this morning, if there's one unsaved, may they get that settled today. May they settle their salvation, their eternity, may it be secure. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we find in our passage of Scripture... Uh, a fairly well-known story in the Bible, the defeat at Ai. Ai <clears throat> was a small group of people, uh, comparatively speaking. It seemed to be an insignificant uh, city that they had to conquer. Nothing like Jericho, uh, which they had just experienced uh, victory. Uh, and this was supposed to be just a, just a walkover uh, victory for the children of Israel. Uh, the mighty city of Jericho had fallen. They had seen uh, God give a great victory. And we don't have time this morning, but uh, quite a great and magnificent victory that God gave them over the city of Jericho. But we find here in this passage of Scripture something that does not happen to the children of Israel to this point. We find a defeat. Uh, we find lives being lost. Uh, and we find the response in verse number 5, the people melted. Their hearts became as water. What is going on? We, we, had, we, we, we have experienced such great victory. We find here a 
disaster. We find here a defeat. And friends, this morning I want to use this story to lay out a recipe for spiritual disaster. And just as we see with the children of Israel, yes, they were God's chosen people. And yes, God had allowed them to see great victory. And yes, God had done miracles on their behalf. But yet even God's people here in this story, they were vulnerable to a defeat. And friend, let me just remind all of us this morning by way of introduction, it doesn't matter who you are this morning, from the preacher to the, to the back pew, uh, we're all vulnerable for spiritual defeat. The moment that we do not take into consideration that defeat could take place in our life, uh, we are just, it's just, we're just counting down the time till we experience spiritual defeat. And I'll not take the time this morning because I, I do believe I have much to get to, but uh, imagine with me, you go from the, 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 the emotion of that great victory of watching God bring down those walls of Jericho, and how God did that for them, and as the people shouted, and as the people uh, enjoyed the victory that God had given them. Now on the other end of the spectrum, we find a defeat, uh, lives being lost, a humiliation, uh, what was unconquerable in Jericho, Jericho had fallen fairly easily because God took care of that. And now what was supposed to be easy seems in this instance, at least at this point, seems to be unconquerable. What has happened? There's been a defeat. And I think we'll find in our passage of Scripture this morning, there's a recipe, there's things we can point to to say, this is why, this is why Israel was defeated. And I believe we can take those same truths, those same facts, and we can relate them to our spiritual life today. A recipe for spiritual disaster. Let's first of all look at number one. And number one is just going to hit us right between the eyes this morning as we look at verse number one. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. Now, Achan, we know the story of Achan. Perhaps you've never heard of the story of Achan. At the end of, of chapter number 6, when God has given the victory of Jericho, he said, I've given this victory. <clears throat> Don't spoil the city. Don't take anything of this city. It belongs to me. And friend, let me remind you, that which God says belongs to him, it belongs to him. He takes it very, very seriously. He said, don't take of anything. Achan, however, uh, he saw the spoil and he took it. When God said it belonged to me and he took it, they took of the accursed thing. When we find here, number one, the first part of the recipe for spiritual disaster is hidden sin. When the people went to war that day, there was hidden sin in the camp. Friend, let me just tell you, and I, there's no way to sugarcoat this, but just to jump into it this morning, you are on your way for disaster when you have sin hidden in your life. It is sin that is unconfessed. It is sin that you don't want to deal with. It is sin that may, may no, no other man may know about it. But friend, as the story plays out in Scripture, we're reminded that God was very aware of it. God knew about it. And the first thing we see in this, in this recipe for a defeat, it can relate to us as part of the recipe of spiritual defeat is hidden sin. 
Let's be honest this morning. We're all sinners. That's why we needed a Savior. That's why because of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can have salvation only through Him. Because we are sinners. But friend, the fact that we are sinners means that we have to, we have to deal with our sin. We have to understand our sin nature. And that's why this morning, if you're unsaved, you have to deal with your sin because your sin must be dealt with by a holy God. Through salvation, we have forgiveness of our sin. But after salvation, we still have the sin nature. And friend, as we sin... And that's why we have to guard ourselves. And that's why there's things we should avoid. And that's why there's things we should stay away from. We sin. We have a God who's a merciful God. We have a God. Sin separates us from the fellowship of God. We must confess our sin. We must deal with our sin. You say, Pastor, who do we confess it to? You don't confess it to another man. You confess it to a holy God. Let him grant the forgiveness. But oftentimes, we as Christians, because we experience victory, we get a false sense of invincibility that I can take of the accursed thing. I can step across what God has said. And I can take of the spoils of Babylon. And I can hide them in my tent and nobody will know. I wonder this morning how many sit in church pews and they have hidden sin in their life that they refuse to deal with. Hidden sin. Friend, let me tell you, it's not going to be long. It's not going to be long until the feet's coming. It's not going to be long until you're out of church. It's not going to be long until that sin takes hold and sin, when it is finished, bring forth death. Now I've gotten away from it thus far, oh friend, uh, with the sin, when, it, when it is finished, uh, there's destruction. And this morning is, I would just warn all of us <clears throat> and I would have all of us consider and search our own hearts today and is there something that you're hiding that uh, nobody else knows? And you say, well, Pastor, I'm not doing it. And we automatically think of all the things that we're not involved in. I'm not involved, and you name whatever it is this morning, because I'm being very general in, in the application of this point this morning. Well, I'm not involved in this, and I'm not involved in this. But what are you involved in? As I preached recently, it's not just what we uh, should, we, things we should not be doing. There's things that we should be doing. Well, Pastor, I, I, I'm not going to those places that a Christian should never be, those wicked, wicked places. That's good, you shouldn't. Pastor, I'm not doing, what is it? Are you, are you holding on to God's money? That's a sin. You have unforgiveness in your heart. That's a sin. You have bitterness towards somebody. That's a sin. See, we, we like to consider 
what everybody else is doing. I'm not doing that. No, I'm not talking about this, anybody else but other than you this morning. The recipe for spiritual is trying to help us. What is it that you're hiding in your life? What is it that you, well, hadn't got me yet. Oh, it'll get you. It'll get you. At this point, before they go to AI, Aiken's feeling pretty good. Why? He grabbed it, he took it, he didn't die. He took it back and hid it, he didn't die. But we find here the results that eventually caught up to him because he's hiding it, and God knew about it. And friend, I want you to consider the first thing we look at this morning. One, if you've got something hidden in your life that you know is wrong, you know should not be here, you ought to confess that this morning. You ought to remove whatever it is out of your life and, and, and trust God to give you victory in that area because eventually it is going to be known. Eventually it will be revealed. Eventually it is going to come out. And this morning, if you search and you search and you search and you search and you can say, thanks be to God, I've got a clean slate with God. Heed the warning this morning to keep a clean slate with God. Keep a very short list with God so that your relationship is good and don't be hiding sin because that's the first step to spiritual disaster number two this morning we also find in verse number one after verse one tells us they took of the accursed thing we see at the very end and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel the children of Israel went out with sin hidden in the camp just like they always did but there's one thing that was different this time than when they went to battle Jericho. God didn't go with them. And the second thing I want us to see when it comes to this recipe for spiritual disaster is we underestimate God's involvement in the victory. I would say all of us this morning have had some spiritual victories. How many of you are saved this morning? You're on your way to heaven. That's a pretty good victory. All of us can rejoice in our salvation, but even beyond our salvation, I think all of us could give testimony this morning of, of the goodness that God has done for us. And there's been victories in our life. Boy, some would talk of the transformation God has made in your life, and some would talk of the, the, how God has healed their marriage or healed their home, and then there's other personal victories that God has done. Friend, do not underestimate the involvement of God in your victory. The victories that we, re, we, we have, spiritually speaking, and otherwise, as a matter of fact, it has very little to do with us and a whole lot to do with God. And, and what happens here with hidden sin, they go out, God didn't go with them. The Bible says the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And friend, this is something for you and I to take note of, make a mental note, jot it down, whatever you need to do to remember this this, this morning. God does not have to work against you for you to experience defeat. God doesn't have to necessarily go on the offensive to chastise his children. 
All he has to do is not go. All he has to do is say, you're on your own. And we get to a place in our life, especially spiritually speaking, where we think it's us and it's God. We start relying too much on ourselves. We, we, we hide some sin or we allow some sin, we allow some things to, to go in our life. And, and look, we're doing okay. And God says, I'm sitting this one out. You're on your own. You know how fast, you know how fast you can make a mess of a marriage? Pretty quick. Hey, young people, young adults, teenagers this morning, let me tell you how fast you can ruin a life. Pretty quick. It doesn't take long to have regret. Friend, you and I this morning, we consider this serious and somber topic this morning. We need to understand that if God doesn't go with us, we're going to experience defeat, and the victories we have is because of the involvement of God. Jericho, the battle, the, the, the victory they had just experienced, how much involvement did they have in those walls falling down? Let me, let me if you don't know the story, let me tell you. He said, walk around the, the city. They had to do that. They had to march around the city. But who made the walls fall down? God did. He, he said to his people, y'all go walk in circles for a little while. And when it's time, I'll take care of the city. Isn't that the way it is really in our life? We're wandering around in circles. I got to figure this out, figure this out. And then God steps in and God does, uh, gives the victory. We rejoice in the victory, but we all are susceptible because we're humanity, because we're flesh to say, I, I, I've got a little bit of sin hidden. There's some things I don't have to, have to deal with. And, 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 and I, I, we're just going to go out. We don't need to send everybody out. We, we're just going to go out and, and, and we're going to do this in our own flesh and our own might. And God's anger was kindled against them. When they left the camp that day to go to war, God didn't go with them. God's protection was not there. Friend, I'm trying to help us this morning and treat this message not completely in a preventative manner, but in a lot of prevention this morning. We don't realize the protection that God gives us because we are doing the right things. You don't realize the health your children have might be just the hand of God. It is the hand of God. I would hate to get outside of the will of God and God pull his hand. I would hate to depend on myself, underestimate the involvement of God in every victory that I have, and for God just to be displeased with me and say, I'm just, he doesn't have to work against us. Just pull back his provision, his care. 
His intervention. Boy, it's something that you and I, we need to take heed of when we consider the spiritual disaster. We find the defeat that they, they, they experienced. They underestimated the involvement of God. There are some who lost their life because God didn't go with them. Uh, parents, heads of house, you better consider very carefully as you make decisions for your family. And, and I don't know of any of this going on around, but it's just good, good to remind all of us, you know, a career and a job shouldn't be the driving force. Well, my company's going to move me. Well, you better consider, is God going to go with you? You better consider what God does. They underestimated God's involvement in the victory. Let me just mention before I move on, we as a church, we can't get to that place. We have a strong church. We have a spiritual church. We have a church that I believe loves the Lord. And I'll say that God does bless faithfulness. He does bless the stand. But let's not ever get to the place that it is our stand. It is, our, it is necessarily us and our faithfulness and the character that we have that gets us what we have spiritually. It's because of those things God blesses. Friend, uh, we have what we have as a church because God has given it to us. Because God has fought battles for us. Because God has granted victories. Some we know, but some we have no idea. Let's not underestimate the involvement of God in the victory. Number three, we find the next part of the recipe for spiritual disaster. We find in verse number three. And they returned. At the end of verse two, we find the men wept, went up and viewed Ai. Verse three, and they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up. Let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. We know what happens. They get defeated. Men lose their lives. We find, thirdly, in this account of this defeat, that obviously they were resting on past victory. I mean, Ai was no Jericho. And we defeated Jericho. There's no sense in getting everybody involved. Joshua, we went, we've looked, we've seen the city. Two or three thousand of us should be enough to defeat that. Well, certainly, as we've already seen, they underestimated God's involvement. And there was hidden sin in the camp. But the fact that they said that everybody doesn't need to be involved, undoubtedly they were resting on past victory. It's going to be just like it always has been. What we've got to be reminded this morning is there's a recipe for victory, and when we alter it, then victory is not guaranteed. And Jericho was an amazing victory. Jericho was a miraculous victory. Jericho was was the hand of God 
and God taking care of that city. And, and, sing, and, and literally, he himself destroyed that city. But they rested on what God had done. They took for granted that a victory that they had was just going to always be there. Friend, that is, that is fatal, spiritually speaking, in the life of a church, the life of a Christian, the life of a nation, to just assume what we've always had, it's always going to be there. That's why in our nation today, we've got to understand, we're battling for our freedom. We're battling for our independence. We're battling for what we've always had. Say, oh, oh, pastor, we've always been free. We've always, that's exactly the attitude that, that when we lose our freedom because we don't realize it's not, it's not always going to be there if we don't do what we should do. But let's take that as a church. We can't just assume because God has done great victories and great things in the past, that if we don't do what we should do, and we're not involved as we should be involved, in, and we're not keeping a clean account with God, that God, the victory is always going to be there. It always works out. It, it, God always comes through. We cannot rely on our past victory. We must be seeking a new victory. We must be depending on God, doing everything that is necessary so that we have the victory that we'd like to have. We must take every day seriously in our spiritual life. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of churches that rest on what they used to do. But they don't have victory today. There's a lot of Christians who want to talk about how close they used to be to God. And they used to get prayers answered. And they used to have victories spiritually speaking, in their life. Friend, we can't, we can't rest on what God has done in the past. We have got to consider uh, that we must be right with Him today. We must take every day seriously. We must be vigilant. And, and I, and I inter, interject very, very quickly. Don't, 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 in verse 93, say, oh, don't, don't. There's just but a few, let about two or 3,000. There's no sense in everybody getting involved because there are a few. No, everybody needs to be involved. Well, I, 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 let's just put it, apply it to our life. Well, I'm doing some of the things that I know I should do. But I could let some slide because you know, we just had a great victory. And a lot of times, the biggest challenge, the biggest obstacle in the life of a Christian, in the life of a church, is right after God gives a great victory. Because we have a tendency to relax spiritually and rest off what God has done and not be prepared for the challenge that lays ahead of us. Uh, that's the third thing we see in the recipe for spiritual disaster. Let's look at number four very quickly. I've already alluded to it, but we find in verse number four, so they went up thither of the people, about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. We find, fourthly, there was a lack of full commitment. They weren't fully committed so many Christians have faced spiritual defeat, and all of us are susceptible to spiritual defeat this morning whenever we don't make full commitment. Just as in the first part of this message when I talked about the hidden sin, every one of us has a responsibility this morning 
to look in our own heart. And might I remind you, there are others who faced judgment because of the hidden sin of one man. We have a responsibility to stay right with God because it affects other people. And the underestimation of God's involvement, the resting on past victory and a lack of full commitment. Friend, you must also look this morning and we must all look in our own hearts and in our own life and are we fully committed to God? Are we fully committed to that which we are supposed to do on a daily basis? Isn't this how we tend to be? And isn't this how, uh, generally speaking, in the life of the average Christian it is? We have a great obstacle. We have a great need. We have something that unless God does it, it's not getting done. Unless God provides this, there's no way to do it. Unless God performs this miracle, we're not getting through this. Oh, and we make sure everything is just right, and we're in the church, and we're supposed to be in the church, and we're praying, and we're in the Bible, and oh, God, I need you, I need you. And God does a miracle. God brings the walls down. God intercedes. God provides. And then we see something not quite as big, and we think maybe we can get over this obstacle without God. We can get over this obstacle in our own flesh. I mean, I don't have to fully engage everything that I, that I could be doing spiritually. I think we can do this with just a few, and that's when we face spiritual defeat because we are not vigilant on a daily basis. We are not fully engaged, spiritually speaking, doing everything that we should do. It is important for us to understand that we must be fully committed daily. Daily. We find spiritual defeat. We find this recipe for spiritual disaster. And let me just tie the message up in this way. They faced, the children of Israel faced a great defeat that day. The recipe is there for you and I to have a spiritual defeat if we don't guard ourselves from the same things that defeated the children of Israel. Once they experienced a spiritual defeat, they turned to God. And in verse number 6, we find Joshua going to God and, God, what is going on? And, God, please, uh, please, uh, he rent his clothes and fell to the earth before his face. And asked, "Why why have you allowed this to happen? Unfortunately, they faced a defeat. 36 men lost their lives. You say in battle, that's not a lot. That's 36 more than had ever lost their life. You have to understand, when they went to battle, nobody died. God granted victory. 36 families now are affected. And friend, you and I should avoid spiritual defeat the best we can, we must keep ourselves right with Him. We must keep ourselves in tune with Him so that we do not have to experience what they experience in this story. But if we are susceptible to it, if we do let our spiritual guard down, there's also a pattern in this story of what we should do. 
so that we don't experience that defeat again. Let me just be honest this morning, and if we're all honest, all of us have faced some spiritual defeat in our lives. We don't stay in the Word of God like we should. We don't stay in our prayer closet like we should. We, we, we relax after a victory and the devil finds a way in. What do we do in that time? Joshua did what we should do. We should turn to God. And say, God, obviously, your hand of blessing is not here. Obviously, there's something wrong. Isn't it amazing when we face spiritual defeat, Sometimes our first reaction is to blame God for the defeat. And quite frankly, as a pastor, as a preacher, I can tell when somebody really wants to get things right in their life because they have a contrite spirit and saying, God, I just gotta get I gotta get this right. Why is this happening? So this morning, if you have faced a spiritual defeat, turn to God. Don't look for an explanation other than God revealed to me why this has taken place. You know what would happen in our nation if our nation turned to God? But you know what would happen in churches if a church turned back to God? In homes, if, if Christians, those that named the, the name of Christ and they got, they got bitter about something, they let sin get in their life, they got, they got away from the will of God outside of the church, got away from the things of God, if they would just turn back to God... And then secondly, we find the, the account beginning in verse number 10 and 11 of how God has revealed to Joshua that there's sin in the camp. And Joshua goes through and begins to narrow down where the sin is. And when the sin, the source of the sin is discovered, we find that the sin is dealt with. They had experienced defeat, and it wasn't a pleasant thing. So they did what was necessary so they didn't have to deal with that anymore. You know how miserable it's got to be in the life of a Christian? Perhaps you're here this morning, and you've got hidden sin in your life. There's nothing more miserable than having hidden sin in the Holy Spirit of God placing conviction on you. Maybe this morning your testimony would be, I've, got, I've been defeated spiritually. And I hope this message serves a dual purpose this morning. I hope it is preventative in the sense that if we can look at their failure, we cannot go down the same path. We can be vigilant spiritually. We can continue to do the things that we need to do so that we don't experience spiritual defeat. I hope this message serves this purpose this morning. But the second purpose I want to serve is if you have experienced spiritual defeat or this morning you can find yourself in point one, point two, point three, and maybe you're on your way, but you haven't quite got there yet where there's funerals taking place, where there's grieving, where there's sackcloth and ashes. I still believe we can apply the same two basic things we see. Rectifying the situation is a turn to God. 
Friend, if this morning, if God has convicted you, the Holy Spirit of God is convicting you about something that's in your life, don't run from that conviction. Run to God. And then we find that Joshua dealt with the sin. The consequences of sin are not pleasant. The consequences of sin are devastating. Deal with it. Because if it goes undealt with, it will destroy. It will destroy your life. It will destroy the life of those around you. It will take everything that is good from you. It's not something that can be played around with. And another amazing thing I find in Scripture this morning, and let me just mention this before I conclude. You don't find Joshua and Achan having a conversation, well, I'm not really sure uh, this was accursed. Like a lot of Christians like to do today. When you get to this point, there's no word games. It is just you with your soul bare before God the consequences of sin around you. You better deal with it. You better deal with it. Christian, this morning, this is not a message for you to deal with anybody else's sin. This is a message for you and I to deal with our own heart. So this morning, I I hope and I'm certain that this will serve a dual purpose. To all the children, all the young people, you don't have to go try sin to figure out that it will destroy you. There's too many examples in Scripture. You know of too many examples. It will destroy you. Friend, this morning, if you've got hidden sin, you need to deal with God. Because spiritual defeat will come. This morning, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you have doubt about your eternity, that's the first thing you need to do because sin has to be dealt with. Sin, there are consequences and there's got to be a, a punishment for sin. And through the Lord Jesus Christ and Him paying our sin debt for us, we can have salvation. You need to get that settled. So this morning, let's allow God to work in our heart. Father, I pray. Amen.